Bandwidth for Priority One podcast is brought to you by Playa Escondida. Ever dreamed of visiting Planet Risa? Well, Playa Escondida is the ultimate beach resort excursion. Visit PlayaEscondida.com to book your ultimate vacation getaway. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 156 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast recorded Thursday, January 9th, 2014, live on trekradio.net and available for download or streaming on Monday mornings at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Tony. I'm James. And I'm Elijah. Elijah, what do we have for this week? Well, before we move on with the show, I want to take a moment and thank you, our listeners, again, for supporting Priority One Podcast in the ninth annual Podcast Awards. Because of your support, Priority One was a final nominee in two categories, Best Produced and Best Gaming Podcast. Now, this is out of 4,400 nominated podcasts. Now, although we may not have won the Podcast Awards this year, the fact that we were supported by such loyal listeners is, I'm telling you, is reward enough. So on behalf of the entire team at Priority One Podcast, thank you. And kapla! And next year, guys, you're going to help us get all the way. We're not just going to get nominated. We're going to win those things. You guys are going to help us get all the votes we need. We're going to own it, people. That's true. All right. What do we have in store this week, James? This week, we trek out the basement. We all wish we had. Not much may have been added to the game since the Winter Wonderland event, but there's plenty to talk about with the tweets, interviews, and the announcement of ARK going to public beta testing. Uh, in this week's Community Spotlight, Chivalry Bean offers a foundry review of Duty Officer Assignment 1 by Only Slightly Bent. And of course, as always, we'll be opening up the hailing frequencies and seeing what's incoming from you, our listeners. Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. You can continue to support Priority One with real-world donations by helping us reach our monthly financial goals. Our next major purchase is some equipment for us to use on-site at conventions. For instance, Elijah will be at the Philadelphia Star Trek convention and... Like last year, he'll be there covering the convention, chatting with attendees, and maybe even some of the special guests. We could use your help to get some simple equipment to make interviews sound as professional as our weekly shows. A very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a regular basis. Without your ongoing support, we would not be able to bring you the content you've grown to enjoy from Priority One. Captains, don't forget that PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just podcasts. In her latest Observer's Log, Candice Zenziger shares with us her 2014 resolutions. Check it out and more only at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Captains, stay tuned until the end of this episode of Priority One Podcast for a very special announcement about open positions on the show that's right an open position what will it be what will it be well we can't wait to find out but first let's trek out the basement that i would never leave Jim, what place is i don't know then let's trek it out so this news article has been floating around the web for the last several weeks and it seemed appropriate to finally include it in this week's episode the reason we didn't talk about it before was because, well, we were too jealous to even discuss it. So just when you think you're one of the biggest fans of your favorite franchise, someone's got to pop up out of the woodwork and one-up you. Take Line Rainville of Joliet, Quebec, for example. It wasn't enough that she wanted to construct a new home theater for her home. No, 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 no. She hired a designer to construct the bridge of the Enterprise as her home theater in her basement. That's right, Captains. This Canadian social worker is a die-hard Trekkie that would put most of us to shame. 
And with a $30,000 budget to spend, she recreated the original series Enterprise Bridge, complete with transporter room, recreation room, observation deck. Heck, she even threw in Spock's quarters. Oh, my. So you have some extra money to spare, right? What would your man or woman cave look like? What are your favorite features about her basement? What would you do differently? How about you, Tony? Hmm. Let's see. I, this is a hypothetical question, clearly, because I'm married and I have children and my home is not my own. So let's see. Using my imagination, probably I'd go with the Excelsior Bridge because I could have mm. tea on the bridge. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you have the little tea table in front of you. Mm-hmm, little tea table right there on the bridge for my snacks. I don't think there's any other bridge that has a snack table for the captain. I, I think that's I what I'd go agree. with. I agree. I think I've never seen that anywhere else. I would be all sovereign. Enterprise-y, I'd be all about it. I'd make my whole flipping house the inside of a sovereign. Yeah, that's not bad. I was, I was thinking Savi. I was thinking Savi. I will go one step further and say Odyssey Bridge. Ooh, two levels. Yeah, built-in basement right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This isn't the first time that somebody's done something like this. I remember there was an article not long ago. Actually, no, this is actually several years old about a yeah. guy that turned his in flat. Yeah, in England. He yeah. turned his flat into the Voyager. I think the end right? of that was story Georgia. was that his wife repossessed his his apartment or something like that in a divorce <laughs> settlement. It didn't end well. So, But <laughs> yeah, you walked into that little one-bedroom flat and it was just all Voyagered out. Mm-hmm. Totally Back to my point earlier about how my wife and children dictate my decoration habits. So, yeah. We're going to move down to North Carolina, right? And one of the biggest selling points is, you know, on me, right, the city boy, not only is it the calm environment, but it's it's the idea of having a home. I'm a city boy. I only know apartments. So the idea of having a, a basement or a room that I can have and call my own. The concept actually, of a man cave is exciting. Man, yes. The concept of a man cave is exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'll keep an eye open for things like this. You well, know, like, what can I do to my man cave when see, we move down? To you're moving down right? to be closer to your in-laws, right? Yep. And they had a wedding cake or an engagement cake shaped like the Enterprise. And they gave you a Captain Kirk bathrobe for Christmas. So they're down with your old Star Trek thing. They are. They've accepted it. They have uh, come to accept it. You might you might get some help. I know. I know. Uh, I know. I All right, Captains. That is our first community question of the week. If money was no object, how would you decorate your home or your room or your whole basement? What must-have replicas would you install or create? Would it be a TOS bridge, galaxy, Voyager? Let us know in the comment section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO156 or in the forum post for this episode on the Star Trek online forums. Guys, if you discover something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about, such as this, please send them over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And now, Priority One Productions proudly present Inside the Writer's Studio, written by Dia Phoenix and performed by Elijah Leandros, James Lee, and Anthony Hunter. Hello, Bob. Come in, come in. I've always got time for the executive producer, Mr. Wilson. Thanks for coming in today. I've got your latest script for Space Trek here, and, and want to tell you, you've written some great story here. It needs a few scientific touches to liven it up a bit. So I've brought in, um, uh, um, uh, so-and-so to give a little nerd punch. He's from NASA. Hello, Bob. Big fan of the show. Thanks. We try our best. Great. Let's get started, folks. Take, for example, the location. Sure, sure. Quadrant four. Yeah, quadrant four, quadrant four. Sounds, sounds sort of, I don't know, small. Space is big. We need we need a big number. How about quadrant 998? Now you're talking. What do you say, Professor? <laughs> Actually, that's, that's a little preposterous. I mean, quadrant literally means a section that is one quarter of the entire area. I mean, that's one out of, out of four. You're saying that there's 997 other quadrants? <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Use, don't use numbers. Just give it a fancy name. Oh, like... The area around New York is called New York State. That's it. Go with that. Well, actually, that's not how it it, it doesn't work like that. Listen, Poindexter, is it? Actually, my my name is... uh... Right, right. Listen, word of advice. You're not from the biz. So let me explain to you how this works. You're here to give us some cred. 
to boost our ratings. Nerds love it when we put you science guys on our credit rolls. If we have a question about science stuff, we'll ask you. And at the end of the day, you'll get your money for your fancy new telescope, okay? Well, a microscope, actually. I'm a, I'm a microbiologist. Um, <laughs> um, microbiologist. Um, I, I study tiny life forms. Hmm. Uh, usually single cells, algae in, in water. Uh, Hold on. You work for NASA, right? I've been awarded an astrobiology grant. <laughs> and NASA is the Space Administration, uh, right? Yes, yes. Great. Space stuff. So sit down, shut up, and let Bob tell his story. We'll ask you questions if we have any. And then you get your periscope. Well, yeah, actually, the microscope is what it is. <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. Terrific. Bob, ask this guy another question. If he doesn't give us at least two script fixes, the union will come down on me like a sack of wet couscous. Okay. What's a good name of a place in space? Uh, Andromeda? So where does that leave us? Okay, so while on a peaceful goodwill mission, our brave adventurers, the Advanced Techno Assault Team 6-6 from the Imperial Republic, have been captured by the barbarian Amazons on the surface of the gas giant planet Andromeda in the Andromeda Quadrant, with only 12 parsecs of Earth air in their tanks. Oh, Thank you for listening to Inside the Writer's Studio. Please be sure to tune in next week, where we'll be speaking with Mobo Award winner Jay-Z as he tells us what it takes to keep his shizzle raw in the studio. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Okay, and welcome to Stone News. Let's see what we got in here this week. In a recent interview with Game Reactor, lead producer Steve Salami Inferno, Ricosa Jr., long name, talks about Stowe's past, present, and, of course, the future. There's a lot of history about Stowe in this interview, so we encourage you to trek it out for yourself. Links, of course, are in the show notes. But what's interesting was his hints about the future of Stowe. When asked about the new factions being added to the game, Salami Inferno explains... In the near term, we're not planning to add any additional factions, but that doesn't preclude us from seeing the need for a new one in the future. When asked about any new exciting things coming to Stowe, Salami Inferno explains, our next update would be our anniversary event coming early next year. This event should not only be a fun celebration of the anniversary, but also move the story forward from the Dyson Sphere. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, we now have some quote-unquote official acknowledgement that there is no plans for a new faction in the near future. So when I interpret near future, near term, not in 2014. No. We're not going to see a new soon. faction. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Remember what everyone was saying the last time everyone said, oh, not Romulans, it's not going to be their playable faction. It's going to be like featured episodes. Remember then? No, I mean, I have no doubt that they'll add something. I just think it's not going to happen soon because it's End of 2014. just added. And of 2014. Mm-hmm. You think the next expansion with a new yep. with a playable faction, faction yep. it will be due out in at the end of 2014? I'm, yep. I'm, I don't know. I'm calling, I don't think so. I'm calling your bluff on this one, dude. I don't see it okay. any sooner, any possibly any sooner than mid-2015. And that's just due to the length of time it takes to build a, a complete faction the way they did with the Romulans. Right. How long There's was just that? There's no way. How long was it that? It just came... No, that took... That was a... I mean, from what we know, it was a what? A, about a, a year... Six or eight months? Oh, no, no, no. No, it was about a six or eight month Well, no, no, no. no well, to actually build it, yes. But planning and all that stuff started before that. It took them about a year and a half from, okay, idea, let's all mm. sit down to actually build. I don't think it was that long. I think it was... 10 months from inception and then it was six or eight months of development time and even if it were even if it let's say it were to happen who would the faction be well i don't know about that that could be anybody cardassians heck we could be we could be playable Voss. let's be playable Voss. that could be neat my my crystal ball reads that the war between the klingon and federation factions will be over time out and the enemy the enemy will be the Voth. They've, no, they've already mm. said that that's not that they're not going to end that war. They've already said that. They didn't say that they're not going to end. They're not going to end it. They're just going to realign the factions. 
Well, right. Know. There's going to be a war. It's just right. it was, there's nothing, yeah. be, nothing yeah. to pew pew. Nothing to zoom your uh, right. Uber set up ship through, James. We don't have a war. Got to have a war. <laughs> well, that's why I said they're not going to end it. Well, yeah. like you said. But with the Klingons, my guess is that the next faction introduced will be an enemy faction. Well, yeah. Any faction that will unite. Action. <laughs> no, well, no, because the Romulans aren't necessarily the enemy. They just chose a side. That's true. But what I am saying, let me finish my thought, is that my guess is going to be the next faction introduced will be the enemy faction, and the Klingons and Federations will. I like this. Ally. I like this, and they're going to be such a uber super badass faction that people will want to play. Mm-hmm. It's gonna mm-hmm. well. And that's I like what I'm this. Saying. It's gonna have to be because we saw what happened with Klingons. They're right. just not popular enough, so it's not a strong faction. So mm-hmm. I think their only chance at making this work, they have to pick one of the really badass groups. So it has to be Iconians, um, Borg, Borg, Iconians, maybe Dominion. Or if they stick with the precedent, like Legacy of Romulus, right? You could potentially do Cardassians because Cardassians are also in shambles in the wake of the Dominion War, right? So they are almost as yeah, nearly yeah. fractioned and fragmented as the Romulans. But they don't were, make a good red team. Uh, when right, yeah, right, exactly. they, don't, they don't make. But I could see them being created as a faction because they could still use the same mechanics. Yeah, of, they'll be. Okay, they'll I can be in choose alignment. to be a Cardassian on the Federation right. or choose to be a Cardassian on the Klingon side. So. I think that that will come, but I think that they're going to be like the Romulans, where you'll align with one group or the other. That'll be the expansion for this next one. I like your call, Elijah. A super uber awesome red yeah. team. It's, like it's it. going to have to yeah. be. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be Klingons all over again. And nothing against Klingons, but it just wasn't popular enough. Well, speaking of teasers and things unknown and wild predictions from us, on January 8th, Twitter was ablazing with teasers from both community manager Brandflakes and Stowe's lead designer Al Captain Gecko Rivera. It seems Brandon took a day trip to L.A. to sit in on a live voiceover session with a super secret guest. Back at home, Al sat with Stowe's lead writer Kestrel and the audio team to listen in to the recording session back in L.A. Who could it be? Well, here's what we know. According to Game Reactor's interview with Salami Inferno, the anniversary event will progress the Dyson Sphere story forward. We also know from Cryptic's year in review blog that the coming stories will be Voyager-driven. So is this mystery voice talent someone from Voyager? Hmm, Elijah? I'll tell you who I don't think it is. I don't think it's Kate Mulgrew. Okay, one down, because seven Because she doesn't live in L.A., one. And two, she's in New York doing stage and filming Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that she would fly Schedule's out to tight. L.A. for a recording session. Okay, so thanks for telling us who it's not. Who do you think it is? Garrett Wang lives down there, mm-hmm. and he's very friendly with Cryptic right now. So and that's my guess. I'm guessing Garrett Wang. I think Anson Kim is the most likely answer, but I'm really hoping I'm for John Delancey. <sighs> that would be magic. You see, I would have liked to have seen Q last year or for the 2013 anniversary event because it was a temple kind of deal, right? So if Q would have sent you back in time, I mean, although that was not the way the story went, I mean, don't get me wrong, I would love to see John Delancey voice Q. Although, isn't the Q in the game his son? But that doesn't mean that the, he can't pop up. No, no, no. Why right. is the Q in the game Q's son? Because they don't, I don't have remember. his voice. There you go. <laughs> and they didn't have the rights oh, to use yeah, his likeness. Yeah. So if you get John Delancey and he signed all the right contracts, just like we got Worf and we got Denise Crosby, we get John Delancey and all of a sudden, bam! Q's the yeah, real Q. True. That would be okay. so great. All right. So, Captains, here's our next community question for you. Who do you think was in the recording booth that day with Brandon? Let us know your speculations in the comment section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash P- O one five six, or in the forum post for this episode on the official Star Trek online forums. So Elijah, why don't we talk about that broken circle, that fraction of a of a sphere called Ark, the big elephant in the room? Well, it's here, Captains. The moment we've been dreading has finally arrived. Ark Beta is now available for public testing. This announcement has landed like a cannonball hitting a kiddie pool, 37 pages and going, of a resounding nope from the community. What is it? What does it do? It seems that there's still a lot of questions shrouding this new piece of software that Perfect World Entertainment is forcing upon its players. Generally, 
The concern is that the software is nothing more than spyware running in the background of our machines, gathering information about our gaming and purchasing habits. But we've said this before here right on Priority One. If spying is your greatest concern, heck, even if machine processing usage is a concern for you, then you might as well be talking to the wall. The fact is, if you're online, you're being watched. And if this thing is slowing down your machine, then it's surprising that you're even playing Star Trek online. But don't misinterpret these comments as us being insensitive to the concerns of the community because each person's situation is different. As a matter of fact, someone had made a post in that forum thread about they're on satellite, right? They live in a remote area and they play actually Star Trek online via satellite. And so bandwidth for that person is very limited. So every megabit counts. But the argument that ARC is spyware and that it's a resource-wasting program just won't make an impact on its development. It's a tsunami that is off in the horizon and there is no stopping it, right? The only thing that we can do is try to impact how it's developed, okay? If you want to play Stowe or any other perfect world entertainment game, then ARC is probably a pill that we're going to have to swallow. But... Why not beta test the heck out of this thing and tell them everything that we don't like? If it's running in the background and processor usage is high, take a screenshot and post it. If it's constantly phoning home and eating up your bandwidth, run those tests and share them with a community. If launching games is clunky and makes you jump through hoops, then report it. Everyone here at Priority One generally dislikes the idea of Mark. Okay? But... If 40-plus pages of stop this development and I hate this thing on the Star Trek Online forums isn't going to do a single thing, then the only thing left to do is to try to mold the end product that we're going to get or quit the game. But if you're anything like us, it would take a written statement from all five captains and their first officers ordering us to stop playing. Here's what I already hate, okay? This is already just in beta. I go to the arcgames.com website. I click on Star Trek Online. Then I'm taken to some promotional webpage, already asking me to buy something for $150 when the game is free to play. It's already just pushing sales upon me. And it's only when I click on these buried little hyperlinks that read game guide, news, forums, off on the right corner of the screen, hidden away, that I finally get to the game's actual page with the dev blogs and announcements, etc., etc. And they're not even calling it a homepage. They're calling it the community page. I don't like that. When I click on Star Trek Online, if they're going to be merging all these websites together, when I click on Star Trek Online, the first thing I want to see is the latest dev blog. I don't want to be pandered and trying to be sold some new legacy pack. As for the actual program itself, I installed it on my machine. It's a bloody Steam ripoff. I mean, I like Steam. If they're going to model it off of something, then Steam should be their muse. But I already have it for my other games. So although it's pretty straightforward, pretty streamlined, there's nothing new to it. There's nothing that they're adding to this ARC program. So here's what I want. I want gateway integration. I want in-game mail in addition to chat functionality. I want access to my inventory and banks. I want access to the exchange. If you really want to set this apart from a program like Steam or, God forbid, Origin, because, God, I hate Origin with a passion, then ARC needs to become something more than just a multi-game launcher. So make it so, PWE. Make it so. I bit the bullet over the winter break, and I, I bought Battlefield because everybody at work is playing it, and, and so I wanted to cleanse the palate a little bit. But I hate Origin with a passion. I, for one game, I hate Origin. For one game. It was launched. Then I have to launch Battle.net on my other browser. Good thing I have a dual monitor set up because in order to log into Battlefield, I got to pull up another blasted browser window just to launch the game. It was just horrific. It was horrific. And God forbid ARC goes in that direction. I just, God forbid. I think they're going to lose players if it goes in the origin direction. So hopefully not, which is why I'm saying do something else. Don't let it be just a silly little launcher for games when I already have Steam or I'm already launching the game through original client right, I, do something yeah, with it. I, I, that'll be the answer to everybody's groaning is that they do that's something the answer to every customer service or you know technology problem make yours different make yours better differentiate it from things that have gone before steam is not arc and arc is not steam steam has a different portfolio of games different types of games pwe is only massively multiplayer online role-playing games that are free to play that's what they have so, like you're saying, integrate it with the features of massively multiplayer online role-playing games, like your bank, like the exchange, 
like your email so you can keep in touch with your buddies, like a chat client. I mean, I think some of these things are going to come, maybe just not at the first initial release, but until they offer a value proposition to their users, which outstrips the burdens they'll be placing on their bandwidth or their processing or their fears of being spied on, change the balance. That's all they got to do. Change the balance. They're just not selling it to the community as a useful tool because it's not. Well, speaking of things that are working, we have patch notes this week after the team gets back from vacation over the holidays. We've got hourly events that are running once again. Thank you, Lord. We've got a variety of fixes to the Invisible Talkir Shuttle, the Voth Bulwark Cruiser, the Sphere Space Zones, the Voth Shoulder Pads, Combat EV Suits, Stelithium Mine Fleet Holding. Still no fix for the KDF costume slot problem, so sorry you don't get to wear your good battle armor. The search button in the exchange will now be disabled if the name is unspecified, any rank and any quality are chosen, and the item type is set to all. So you've got to fill something in or change something before the computer will let you search. The button will have a tooltip if you've forgotten to put something to search for. New icons for the anti-proton beam arrays and transphasic chronoton torpedo launcher, and for the Voth Bridge Officer Traits suspended animation and a bioorganic sedative. Those are all in there. Thanks, Thomas. We've got uh, known issues. Fire at Will still does not crit. I think the day that they finally get Fire at Will working properly the way that they've always wanted, I think that's the day they can just stop working on the back end of STO because they'll have solved everything. They'll know <laughs> They'll know all there is to know about all the powers of Star Trek Online. The, and game, the game will end like days later. But the, like, it'll, it's like, fixed. It'll be like dividing by zero. They'll have figured out how to divide by zero and the universe will just wink out of existence. Exactly. <laughs> You know, speaking of UI, I know I mentioned this a few episodes ago, but I want to mention it again. And Thomas, if you're listening, tell me who I have to write an email to. If we can please reorganize the available rewards in the reputation system, you know, because you mentioned this thing about UI and it, it triggered in my head. Yeah. When I go into the reputation system, I mean, this is specifically with the Task Force Omega stuff. It's very easy to slot the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And if it was just little expandable trees, you know, like what deflectors, click the plus sign, and all of a sudden I see everything that's available in deflectors, that would be so nice. Please? Please? I've got a little bone to pick. This is our new segment, What We Wish Was in the Patch Notes. Well, and, and <laughs> it is. It is. And you know what? We talked about this the other night when we were all playing together. And it's about the Vesta again. Okay, Vesta. we need a fleet Vesta. We need a fleet Vesta. Fleet Are you listening? Vesta. We need a fleet Vesta. When you can go and get yourself a fleet assault cruiser that has a hull that starts at 49,000 something, okay? And the hull for the Vesta is still in the 20s. Give me a break. You're not going to fly that ship. I have a $50 ship pack of Vestas that I don't touch anymore because it can't stand up to the fleet ships that are out there. It's not even close. And Elliot said the same thing about the Galaxy X. It was the same problem. Well, we've been so, promised an update to the Galaxy X. We've been Right. So we that. need to see that. I'm talking about stuff that we paid money for. The thing is not up to stat. I'm sorry. It's not. Not even for a science ship. It's not up to stat. Not by fleet standards. Upgrade the ship or sell a fleet version for one extra console, whatever. But give us a version that's fleet stats. It has fleet ship consoling slots, yes, and bridge officer slots, yes. It does not have the hull and stuff to match. You just can't do it. Well, let's send James and his Vesta off to review a foundry mission with Chivalry Bean and his take on Duty Officer Assignment 1. Chivalry Bean here with another Foundry Officer Report. This time around, let's see what your minions are up to in Duty Officer Assignment 1 by Only Slightly Bent. Duty Officer Assignment 1, despite its acronym, is not dead on arrival. It is actually well-crafted, has some neat Foundry tricks, and it made me laugh at all the silly. And by now, you probably know I like the silly. Despite the silly... However, there is some serious business to attend to. Based on a DOF assignment you get from the beacons in the temporal lockboxes, you get to go back in time and prevent a time traveler from stepping on a butterfly and tearing the time and space continuum a new one. After a briefing, 
You interview three people to go along and help with the mission, then one will come along for the ride. Then the fun part, Ryza. The map here is the original Ryza map, but with some nice additions that you will get to explore. You will meet vacationers, bartenders and cooks, and some of the shady people who frequent relaxation and entertainment planets. And I don't mean they're simply under an umbrella. There are some fun moments and good use of foundry to add depth and excitement to the maps. Yes, maybe I acted out of character for a Starfleet captain, but the whole universe was at stake or something, so I did what I had to do. And it was funny. There was one major issue that if only Slightly Bent wants to take time to fix, despite being a large undertaking, it would be worth it. There are many maps that only have dialogue on them. And I don't mean you only talk, there's like a couple dialogue boxes and that's it. In one case, I load the map, turn right around and re-enter the turbulence I just came out of. The real issue, however, is at the end of the mission where are there so many reloads of the same map for entirely reasonable story reasons, but the load times make it a long wait between the quick things you do on each map. It was possible this was made before you could make NPCs and contacts disappear from the map, and at that time, this would have been the only thing to do. Now, however, it could be entirely doable on a single map. A bit of careful cut and paste, and then setting up the vanishing options, the end could be made into one map and go a whole lot faster. However, despite this, the mission was really fun and just so long as you prepare for it, it won't ruin your experience. Just pretend you're in the wibbly wobbly timey whiny space for load screens, since most times you are in fact time traveling when the load screen appears. Once again, duty officer assignment 1 was a lot of fun to play. And it was well made, so do yourself a favor and give it a shot. There should be a part 2 somewhere around as well, but it's not available at the moment. Now, how about we get to feedback? Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. All right, captains, and coming into feedback, we want to remind everyone what last week's community questions were. The first one, what type of game mechanic would you like to see in Star Trek Online in 2014? Is it really just about new missions, or would you like to see more features, like dynamic content and dynamic events? Our second question, is Star Trek Online, or any other MMO for that matter, destined for next-gen consoles? Should MMOs, in the conventional sense, stay on the PC? All right, James, who's our first Contributor. Uh, first one comes from Capehan, and he says, Salutations, Priority One. Great show as always. I like the idea of more dynamic red alert events in-game. So there's his answer. Azurian Star writes in, Gotta ask, what was that soundtrack you were playing when talking about Shatner at the Oscars? That's the kind of soundtrack Stowe needs. According to Skiffy, our audio engineer, that was the Oscars soundtrack. So, yeah, I think Star Trek Online and Star Trek deserve more Oscars. So, yeah, definitely I agree. He goes on to say, dynamic content would be nice. That was pretty much what people wanted with true territorial control, not the capture and hold version they introduced with Season 8. I honestly want to see real exploration in Star Trek Online, not DSEs or exploration clusters that don't really serve any function in Star Trek Online anymore. Sir Boulevard writes, they did add exploration stuff into the Dyson Sphere. All those little submissions you find flying around, and more people complained about how stupid that was. I'd argue that New Romulus was an exploration zone versus an adventure zone. You beam down, you have to spend a while learning the locales, and then the dailies, where you do research, providing security, helping out, etc. Any content you have to look for qualifies as exploration. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't explore New Romulus very much. I did. I did it all. I did quite a bit of it. When it was brand new, I, I wandered around quite a bit in there. Usually when they add zones like that, I'll go there and I'll explore everything and try and collect every accolade, but it doesn't always happen. You know what was smart about that? Is that how they had that uh, mission about having to go activate the transporter consoles or something like that or check in manually at each of the transporter sites? I mean, something that made you right, 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 explore right. the whole thing once, kind of on foot, kind of take it in and learn your way around it, and then after that you could just jump to whatever point you wanted. That was smart. They need to do the mechanics like that for the Dyson Sphere and other new zones they do. Our next bit comes from, gosh, I hope I get this right, Soft Lamigo. Sure. Yeah, thank you. I really hope we have some more automatically generated content in this game. True exploration of things no one has ever seen before. 
Individual missions, even simple ones, are awesome from an immersion point of view. So actually, we have a bit of an inside track on that issue from none other than Taco Fangs himself. I actually replied to the forum thread, curious about the Genesis engine that had been talked about when the game was in its infancy. I remember there was a game mechanic that allowed the developers to put certain criteria in, and the system would automatically generate the map and the creatures. So... I was curious when we were talking about dynamic content and exploration. I was wondering what happened to that mechanic, and I because I don't remember ever getting a clear answer on it. So Taco Fangs chimed in saying, Genesis has been all but abandoned at this point. The hookups in our editor still exist, but I'd be surprised if any of it functioned anymore. Genesis was a double-edged sword. On one hand, there is no way we could have shipped this game in such a short development cycle without it. On the other hand, the maps it made are mediocre at best. The quote-unquote system that replaced it was us hand-making missions again. He also had a special message for, well, probably Tony. Yeah, stop picking on me. I'm sweet and nice. And I smell good. Fine. And he makes awesome, cu- and he makes awesome cutting boards. Have you seen his cutting boards? No. That he makes? Cutting boards? Yeah, no. he makes like no. wood cutting boards, but they're like beautiful. They're like decorative woods with like marble patterns and like bit i mean they're gorgeous like i was like i want one i would buy one from him so yeah cutting boards that's pretty cool but that's good to know because you know when we had that discussion about dynamic content people were talking about exploration and then it got me thinking well you know if they have this genesis thing why not just you know you travel sector space and boom it automatically generates a map but if it's going to be mediocre at best you know if these maps are going to be crappy then yeah i would rather it be handmade with love the other thing I was thinking is, you know, it, with exploration, because exploration has been the one thing that they've been talking about revamping. If I make a first contact mission, that should be some type of accolade. I should get something. And not just my own little accolade perk, but it should be a server-wide thing. People should know my name, don't you think? I would think so. Because not every captain that sat in the chair was sent on first contact no, missions, right? No. They, they were, it was the, the cream of the crop. The creme of the creme. I mean, there's two kinds of first contact missions. One's where you run across the Ferengi and they blow up your ship and, you know, your crew has to, like, swim home and shuttlecraft. And then there's the one where you get a pre-warp civilization and you isolate the planet and you kind of make close contact with it or observe it. And then if they get warp speed, then you go visit it, right? So there's, like, different varieties. Any captain could stumble into a new spacefaring community out there. But I think only, like, special captains would be assigned to the very delicate diplomatic careful non-interference prime directive ones i wonder if the reason for it not being as robust is maybe it's a cbs thing maybe cbs doesn't want the creation of new species just on the fly because they did have to sell Uh, the deferry the they did have to sell the deferry to cbs you know so i'm wondering if maybe that's the problem well they could just expand on those guys that are in that engine they've got half a dozen eight twelve whatever they could just expand on those we hear from Corathel. The galaxy is divided into four quadrants. The galaxy has somewhere between 100 and 400 billion stars. Even if you figure only a quarter of those have planets and a tenth have life-bearing worlds, that's still billions of stars. Billions. That is not a trivial number. Certainly nowhere near the amount of stars we saw in Voyager. It's not even close to the number of stars we've seen in all of Star Trek. I think his point is, make more exploration. Our next one comes from Naked Snake 001. I don't know about you guys, but we haven't seen much of the Gamma Quadrant. I would rather explore this region of space because we've seen most of what the Delta Quadrant has to offer via Voyager. I kind of agree with that. Why go see something we've already seen? Why not go somewhere new? Well, probably for the reasons we just discussed. You know, well, there's plenty of canon yeah, that they yeah, can th- feed off of that CBS has already approved with the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. I like that idea. I think it is a CBS thing. I think that the problem that they face when creating first contact missions, the diplomatic kind, and I think CBS maybe doesn't want that, right? If they had to sell the Defera to CBS, I think that maybe that's what's holding back Could exploration. Be. Uh, we had a number of comments, most of them skeptical, about porting Stowe to consoles. Watch this space for further developments. There was quite a discussion over on the Stowe forum. We just don't have time to cover it all. But thanks to Bergens, Ukami87, Eli Jamray. Why is that guy not permabanned? Chalpen, Hanover2, <laughs> Santa Skyrat, Sean Newboy, Canis36, Ice Gavel, Roxbad, Orangitis, Star Sword C, Yodred, Zeustimus001, Wilbor2, Blue Geek, Midnight Shadow7, F2P Drogan1701. 
thanks all you guys. Appreciate uh, you writing in and taking the time to share your thoughts with us. We even got a couple from Facebook. Jace Pentad said, dang, you guys definitely deserve to win, but two nominations was radical. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Jace. We're bringing it home next year. Victor Mullen writes into us via Facebook. Hello, folks. Just listening back to some old podcasts I had done back in 2008 when the original Star Trek Online under perpetual shut up shop. I just realized that the Iconian Gateways, which was opened up in a sphere of influence, now tracks into what Perpetual had planned for the original Star Trek Online. The use of gateways to quote-unquote zone to different areas of the galaxy to get around having to transwarp across vast distances. Any thoughts on Cryptic now following the old Perpetual storyline? I think with Perpetual, their reasoning for the gateway was more of a mechanic thing. Right. I think that they had not yet figured out how they were going to cross vast distances of space in a short amount of time in a way that would still engage players. I'm sure that the seed had been planted. I'm sure that maybe that trailed over. I think that Cryptic is a plot device, whereas Perpetual was using it yeah, as a game I, and I like I like Cryptic Solution a little better. You know, a transwarp gateway is something that Voyager encountered in the Delta Quadrant. They had tried transwarp drive with the Excelsior. I mean, it's something that you could sort of home grow, and as you need additional gates in different places as you expand the game map, you can drop them in. You don't have to rely on discovering the ancient Iconian gateway on a bunch of planets we've already been to for hundreds of years. That doesn't seem like a, a good story way to address it. You know what I do wish if they if speaking of game mechanics and traveling around the galaxy instead of there being sector space I really wish that we could just be in the planet right the planet map and hit warp to the next planet and then that same time that it would take you would just see the warp effect you know and then if on the way there something comes up there's a hail for a cargo ship you hit hail you pull out a warp you're in the middle of space and there's a cargo ship next to you, you know? Well, want to thank everybody who has followed us on Twitter in the last week. We get uh, new people every week, and you know, virtually none of them want to sell us social media marketing material. That's great. Thanks to everyone who's jumped on the Priority One social media train, and be sure to retweet and favorite our tweets. Captains, you know that we love hearing from you. So let us know what you think of the show, or submit your response to our community questions of the week. If you had an unlimited budget, what would your domicile turn into? Would it be Trek-related? What Trek replicas would you have strewn all around your home? Our second community question is, who do you think was behind the soundproof glass window in the recording booth while recording whatever content is coming for the fourth anniversary event in Star Trek Online? Let us know in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO156 or in the forum post for this episode on the Star Trek Online forums. Now, you can also give us a call via our SpeakPipe widget or just give us a call at 609-619-0834. If neither of those work, then just shoot us an email with a short MP3 recording of your beautiful voices to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Speaking of voicemails, we actually have one this week. Let's go ahead and play it. Hey, Elijah, Tony, James, and Elliot. This is Rob Rake from Priority One Fleet. Happy New Year. Just wanted to chime in on the question of the week. What game mechanic would we like to see? Uh, me, I would like to see exploration. Please give me a big, big zone with lots of things to explore. New content in there. Missions that are different than our vanilla missions in the star clusters. Something that gives us better rewards than anomalies. Give me a big zone, which is mission-based, where I have chance encounters. Explore, explore, explore. Thus is the spirit of Trek. Please. Uh, also, what I would like would be some surprises. Give me some gameplay surprises. I'm tired of clicking on an STF, and I know exactly what the heck is going to be there before I get in. I can plan my loadout for months before I walk into an elite STF. I don't want that. I want to be surprised. I want to take my load out, and I want to say, hey, I'm clicking on this mission. What's it going to give me? I think, actually, this is why the uh, featured episode missions are so popular, is because it, they're surprises. We don't know what they're going to be. The last one was incredible. Of course, we'd like to see more featured episodes, but give me surprises on the way. Uh, that's it. Hope you guys are having a great week. You guys are always doing a fantastic job in the podcasts. Live long and podcast. This is Rob Ray, and I'm out. 
a very special thanks to Rob Ray for leaving us a message via our SpeakPipe widget. Again, captains, you can always do that. Just visit PriorityOnePodcast.com, click on that widget, just speak into the mic. I like this concern or idea about STFs, right, that right now STFs have grown to be a little mundane. You know, what if there was a variable in the STFs, you know, something that changed every time you went in, that kept you on your toes? Because otherwise it just becomes the same old, same old every time you go in. Well, but that's kind of that's the, the idea. Point, yeah. It would be neat, but there were, I mean, you could only have a limited number of variations. And so it'd be, oh, this is the sixth version. Oh, this is the one where that cube pops over here rather than over there. Yeah, the reason they made the Genesis system in the first place. Limited amount of developer time, and you need to get the most missions out of it as possible. Right. You know what it is? It's just we need more STFs. We do. Here, here. We do get new PVE content every time that they do a season update or whatever. It's just sometimes they take it away again, like the Alachi alert. Where's that? Yeah, that was kind of weird that that vanished. Yeah. Have they fixed Terradome yet? Because Admiral Tate brings up a good point in the chat room, and we did get this piece of feedback where people miss the combined STF, right, where it was you you had to block out an hour. And I remember as I was listening to last week's episode, I was like, Elijah, you're a hypocrite. Because (laughs) I had said that it was really nice that they split it up into two locations. But then again, I also want that, you know, i got to sit down and put a team together and get this accomplished, right, that I have to block out some time in my afternoon. You just want all the things. Right, I just want all the things. But you know what it was is that the reason the STFs didn't work for me or majority of people when they were long and drawn out was one we didn't have the reputation system so you would go through the entire stf only to hope and pray that you would get the loot drop that you wanted right so that's two hours of possibly nothing or an hour and a half of possible for nothing and two if i remember correctly they were pretty buggy you know they were they were still very buggy Mm -hmm. you know maybe now would be a good time give an option to merge those together and get the story that people like Admiral Tade miss, that experience. Well, Captains, again, thank you so very much for all your feedback. Don't forget to reach out to us via email at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. In the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO156 or in the forum post for this episode on the Star Trek online forums. We love hearing from you. Well, that wraps up episode 156 of Priority One Podcast, recorded live on TrekRadio.net. Remember, we record... Thursday nights live on Trek Radio starting at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. As you know, we love hearing from you, our loyal listeners. If you have a suggestion, idea, or topic for any of our segments, or if you have general feedback about the episode, our email address is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can also send us a voice message through SpeakPipe, telephone call, or record your own short MP3. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and give us a like. Or you can check us out on Twitter via at STO priority one. Priority one is brought to you by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please visit priority one podcast.com to find out how you can help support the show. And again, a very special thanks to everyone who contributed and continues to do so. And thank you all again very much for your votes and your support for the podcast awards this year. We really appreciate it. And don't forget to check out Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Speaking of Guard Frequency, we have a huge announcement this week, Captains. In the coming months, Tony Hunter, our very own host here at Priority One Podcast, will be taking on the task of producing guard frequency full-time and as such will be stepping down as host of priority one podcast that means we begin our search for a new host here on priority one podcast to join james and me weekly to discuss star trek online and the greater star trek franchise so if you've always wanted to get your voice heard in the star trek community now is your time to join the team We're looking for someone that not only shares a passion for Star Trek and Star Trek Online, but also has some experience in MMOs and general gaming. If you're interested, reach out to us via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com and in the subject line, write Host Auditions. We'll send you some additional information on the process. And remember, Captains, Priority One Podcast is a volunteer organization, and as such, we do not profit financially nor... Can we pay those that work with us? 
But if you're ready to join us weekly for engaging discussions about Star Trek and Star Trek Online, and you want to join us live on the convention floor interviewing convention attendees and, and possible Star Trek notables, then send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Again, with the subject line, host auditions. Thanks to the entire team behind PriorityOnePodcast.com, including our audio engineer, Skiffy. Thanks to the composer of our awesome theme music, Mr. Chris Watts. Thank you to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Stowe community, and our listeners. Without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible, and we would totally be wasting our time to do this for no one to listen to. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our two-time baking consultant. No, no, Where did that come from? I think Skiffy sabotaged it. (laughs) (laughs) Bacon consuming. Our two-time. Awesome. He said bacon twice and loved it both times. (laughs) And available for download on stream. And available for download or third time's the charm. We're off to a great start. First, you We're can feed- rocking and rolling. First, I did it on purpose. Now I'm screwing up on accident. It's not good. It's not good. And available for... God. This week, we trek out the basement. All we wish we had. What? Did I... <laughs> All we wish we had? Oh, sorry. My bad. Oh. Our next one comes from Naked Snake 001. Naked Snake. Is that Elliot? <laughs> I told you I don't want to see your Naked Snake. Lead producer Steve Salami Infermo, Rakosa Jr. Woo, that's a long. Infermo? Infermo? Did I say Infermo? That would be magic. That would be total. To have all of those Q voice parts and to have his face in there. Stop. I think Garrett Wong is the most likely, and I would like to see Harry Kim. I'd I'd like to see Harry Kim because that's an (laughs) age-appropriate, timeline-appropriate character in here. That'd be awesome. But I would just love to see Q. Oh, that would be great. You're giving me a stow, Woody. Knock it out. The moment we've been dreading has finally arrived. The Borg made Wolf 359. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend you're in the Wibbly Wommy type. Wibbly Wommy? Have you seen my Wibbly Wommy? I'm sorry. Let me do that again. No! He sounded like <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get to the chopper! Get down! Get to the chopper! Give me my costume! There was one major bear belt. Dang it. Majo Barrett. Bam!